0: In the years that followed the September 11th attacks, countless people have gone to museums and memorials set up in New York, the Pentagon, and in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. Many of them probably don't have a personal connection to the sites, but some do, including some journalists. Their pictures are on the walls. Welcome to Reporting on 9-11, where we hear the emotional, true stories of local journalists who brought us news from the World Trade Center, the Pentagon, and Shanksville, Pennsylvania two decades ago. I'm your host, David Roche. In this episode, we're going to hear from TV reporter Joe Little. He may have thought he was in over his head, but he was also in the right place at the right time.
1: On September 11th, 2001, I was a very green reporter. In Johnstown, Altoona State College, Pennsylvania. It was probably the most broke TV station in central Pennsylvania. We didn't have live trucks, and I was way over my head. Joe usually shot and edited his own stories
0: as an MMJ, short for multimedia journalist. But that morning, he had a company photographer named Mike Reed. They got up early to drive two hours away from the station to a small town of Freedon, Pennsylvania to do an interview with a Vietnam War vet for a story that would air in a few months.
1: The interview had absolutely nothing to do with terrorism or attacks. I mean, it had to do with a war in Vietnam, but it was just, we scheduled this interview. And as we're driving this long drive early in the morning, we start hearing on the radio about New York City, the Pentagon, and our mind's just like, what? Uh, What are you What? This is nuts. But this is central Pennsylvania. We're not in those big metropolitan areas, and we have this thing to go to. So we'll figure, let's just do the interview because it's a long drive, and then we'll go back to the station and see what we need to do in regards to what's going on in the rest of the country. But a few minutes after arriving, they heard something odd. As we're doing the interview in this guy's backyard, the air raid sirens start going off now in central pennsylvania firefighters didn't have cell phones they didn't live in a fire station they were volunteer firefighters and they had to be summoned to the fire station by tower air raid siren and usually when there's a house fire or car accident it goes off once and it lasts like 15 seconds right well we'll stop the camera and the air raid siren it keep going and they keep going and they keep going like what is this we can't do the interview if we can't hear ourselves think so we stop the camera and we're like well, we'll we got to go see what's going on we don't know what's going on i get in the truck because we didn't have big cell phones to carry around then there's a tr- cell phone in the truck and brain it's my boss who is usually the coolest character on the planet and he's whipping it out he's like joe there's a plane crash right near where you guys are what what are the chances that we hear about these other plane crashes around the country and there's one right near where we are and we're thinking cessna crop duster because this is literally the farthest from a metropolitan area you could possibly imagine in central pennsylvania but it wasn't a cessna it wasn't a crop duster it turns out the
0: town they were in was only six miles away from shanksville pennsylvania where united flight 93 went down at 1003 that morning we get in the truck
1: and we're like we don't know where that we have no directions we have no map of this area and we see a fire truck i'm like mike get behind that fire truck and mike who usually drives very very methodically slowly much to the detriment of all deadlines and news he just starts blasting after this fire truck we catch up to it you know but fire trucks run red lights but we can't at one point, Mike cut across someone's corner lot to catch up to the fire truck, and we're just, just doing everything we can to keep up to to get to the point where we see the fire truck pull into this field, and there's another fire truck, like, this is it, this is where it is. So Mike takes a 90-degree turn directly into this field that turns out to be a crop or something because we are now just bouncing in our seats, and the truck is going to mm-hmm. fall apart. And, like We're going to stop without run. At that point, Joe's MMJ instincts kicked
0: in. He knew he had to get the shot.
1: So I'm probably 30 years younger than Mike at the time. So I grabbed the camera and start booking it towards where the fire trucks are. I hit record, which was probably, no, which I know was the first video for any ABC or Fox affiliate that day in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. We were only four miles away when that plane crashed, but we start walking, and I get up to crater. I get up right up to it, and I'm looking at the firefighters, and, the, and then the Pennsylvania State Police show up, and they start pushing us back, back up, back up. And I'm, as if we're backing up, I'm looking at the wider shot. It's an open field, backdropped by a row of trees, green trees, across the back. And right in the middle, right behind the crater, a row of black trees, as if something hit and torched the trees behind him. Joe and
0: his photographer were pushed away from the scene and ended up in another field where hundreds of other journalists were gathering. His job now was to get on the air and tell people of central Pennsylvania how this empty,
1: isolated farm field was now part of the biggest story in the world. We did have a live truck at the station. I did a, a live phoner from the field. I was sweaty, I was grimy. I was telling them what I saw, Every time a Pennsylvania state police trooper decided to come down and open his mouth, microphones, 500 in this person's face and give us information. FBI eventually arrives. They take over. NTSB, FAA, Governor Ridge, eventually First Lady Bush. I mean, so many people came out to that field over the next four days. And I was in that field every day for very long amounts of time doing stories at you know, every journalist dreams of covering the story. Every market has its disasters and its tragedies, but how many of those stories truly redefine world history? You have the JFK assassination, you have the moon landing, you have Pearl Harbor, you have 9-11, you know, here I am two years into my career and I'm covering the biggest story of my life. I really wish I knew then what I know now and had the tools that I have now back then. But I think I did a pretty good job covering stories, relaying information about that day.
0: But to journalists like Joe, the real heroes were not the people covering it. He says the men and women on Flight 93 did more than anyone else could have imagined.
1: On 9-11-2001, we, as a country were attacked and lost, but in that field, we had our most important victory of the day. A bunch of regular Americans called their loved ones, looked at each other, and said, let's roll, and they brought the plane down, heroically sacrificed themselves and brought the plane down. Amazingly, In place you want to bring down a plane. In the middle of nowhere. There might have been four bugs that perished on the ground. There was literally nothing in this area. That plane was going to hit somewhere else. That plane was going to take out hundreds if not thousands of more people. And the memories of those people on the flight. You know, Beamer, Glick, all those guys and men and women who did what they did, they're American heroes. Schools should be named after them. Future space vehicles should be named after them. The next moon base should be named after these people. Joe
0: stayed in Pennsylvania for another year, then moved on to another television reporting job in San Diego, and he's been there ever since. Well, a couple of years ago, he had a chance to go back to central Pennsylvania for the first
1: time since 9-11. Penn State flew me to lecture on campus, and... I asked them specifically, can you fly me in a day early? I'm going to rent my own car and I want to drive to Shakespeare. It's going to be a pilgrimage. I don't know how often I'm going to get a chance to do this because any, from anywhere else, it's the long drive and got in the car, drove there and checked out the new Memorial and was just, it was raining. So I had the whole place to myself. Um, it was absolutely amazing. And I walked into the Memorial walked into the museum and looking at every single display, seeing the pictures of, of Todd Beamer and Jeremy Glick and, and all the passengers. And then I turn the corner and look at like the coverage and there's like two pictures of me in the museum for at the memorial. I was like, you know, I'm proud of what I did and, but I'm mostly honored to be a part of their memory. And I'm so proud to be able to share their story to anyone who will listen about the passengers on Flight 93.
0: Thank you for listening to Reporting on 9-11. This episode was reported, written, edited, and produced by Ben Gardas, a journalism professor at Quinnipiac University and hosted by me, David DeRoche. I'm the director of community programming at the university. Special thanks for this episode go out to Joe Little, Quinnipiac University's School of Communications, and the Quinnipiac University Podcast Studio, where this episode was recorded. For more stories from journalists who covered 9-11, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and also be sure to check out the other podcasts we do at the studio by going to qu.edu podcast.